I'm Marianne Kolbesek McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Ian Cohen, who is CEO of data privacy compliance firm Locker. We're going to be discussing some of the recent trends and growing privacy concerns involving the use of tracking codes on healthcare-related websites. So, Ian, last year your company scanned nearly 250,000 websites, including 5,400 websites of hospitals and other medical entities. Finding trackers and similar embedded features are nearly half of those websites. In recent months, we've seen controversies heating up involving the use of trackers. And as you know, there's been a number of proposed class action lawsuits against companies that use or previously use those trackers on their websites. The lawsuits were filed by plaintiffs who alleged that they didn't know or didn't give consent to having their sensitive information from website interactions collected and or shared with third parties. And we've also seen at least two FTC enforcement actions involving cases where website tracking tools were used. With all of that said, what are you seeing in recent months, especially since conducting your survey last year? What's going on with the use of trackers? I really think there's three or four big trends going on right now. So first of all, in January, and the lead up to January, saw a lot of lawsuits, but in January, we saw new privacy laws go into effect. And the really important aspect of this was that a lot of these laws had private rights of action built into the law. So that means that not only are there new laws going into effect, but people are resurrecting old laws as well, such as the Video Privacy Protection Act that's been used against websites. And that was originally created during the 1980s for blockbuster video rentals. So the point I'm getting at is status quo for privacy is over for sure. There are new laws and these laws oftentimes include private rights of action, which means that private classes or individuals can use these laws to bring lawsuits against companies. I think the second point is things had to change. The current way that people were running privacy just wasn't going to work anymore. And I think it's important for, for companies to realize that this is a very popular political issue on both sides of the aisle as well. So no matter what, what your politics are, freedom from being tracked is a very popular issue. Um, and so I don't think we're, we're, we're you know even close to the apex of what we're going to see in terms of more of these actions brought against companies that aren't protecting their customers' privacy. And I think there's a couple other business things that are pushing this along as well, and, and not necessarily in a good way. So there are a lot of companies that have built their, their business models around ad tech, and there's an awful lot of e-commerce companies that do need, legitimately need a certain amount of marketing technology. Unfortunately, the more difficult it gets for these companies to track customers the right way, they're continuing to track customers the wrong way in order to meet their customer acquisition costs. So I think you combine this with the fact that in the face of all these, the new privacy legislation, you're also seeing the effectiveness of traditional advertising models becoming less. So you've got a bit of a perfect storm where on one side of the aisle, you've got lots of incentives for companies to use more trackers on the other side of the aisle, you've got lots of new laws preventing them from doing so or fining them or suing them if they don't protect their customers' privacy. 
So Ian, with that said, what do you see companies doing? Are they becoming more hesitant in using these tracking tools? Are they like pulling them out and, you know, stopping their use in their websites as they hear of other companies that are like them being sued and, you know, they see these new privacy laws coming into effect or are companies still kind of plowing ahead and and using these tools, thinking that the benefits outweigh the risk? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a mixed bag. Um, but companies that are, are are sufficiently scared, or certainly companies that are in the middle of getting sued, they tend to just pull back on everything. And the problem is that they're we all use a lot of tools to operate our site. So this can be very difficult for companies to manage. And I think there's a lot of uncertainty around the law. So I think what I think fear is the leading indicator right now for a lot of companies. And I think that's what they're managing by. We're seeing a a strong need for confirmation of everything going on on people's websites. People want to know, companies want to know exactly what's happening on their website. So they want to see every tracker, every cookie, every geographical location, every bit of sensitive data they might be inadvertently sharing. So that's part one of it. Part two of it is, is very new. So originally, privacy you know, on the internet was really about consent. Well, it goes way back before that EFT. But more recently, it, it had most of it to do with consent management. What's happening now is very different because you can go ahead and get consent to use the Metapixel, but that consent doesn't cover the Metapixel doing something illegal or not allowed by HIPAA or inappropriate. And oftentimes, it's inadvertent. So I think that's really got companies on their back foot because you can go ahead and get consent from a consumer to use certain tracking pixels, but if they misbehave or if they're just used in the wrong context, as is, you know, I think the case with the meta tracking pixel. So using that tracking pixel on, say, a racing website is one thing. Using it on a healthcare website is quite another if you're sharing medical data and symptom information inadvertently with with any social media company. So I think that I'll just repeat that I think beyond getting proper consent, companies are realizing they have to do something much different, which is make sure that they're tracking the behavior of all these third parties. With that said, how do they go about that? How do companies go and check to see how these third parties are using the data? And is it just sort of a matter of trusting that that third party is telling you everything that they're doing with this data? And how can you really be sure that your data is not, or your consumer's data is not being misused? Unfortunately, you can't using a lot of the traditional tools you're using. So you either get an army of people or you use some tool like lockers that that is able to look across your entire site and see exactly what's going on in, in a in an interface that allows you to surface the relevant issues quickly. And, you know, I, I think that I'll put this in a broader context in just locker. You need to confirm everything that's on your site. You need to track it, uh, you know, in, in near real time or at least weekly. And you need to make sure that you you remove a lot of the trackers that are on your site when you're not using them. So we created a risk score to allow companies to, to go and look at their websites or portfolio of websites and assess how good they are on their privacy compared to the hundreds of thousands of sites we've scanned and to the S&P 500. So we we created a model that allows companies to see how they rank overall, according to the S&P 500, how they rank by sector, and then 
on each of the seven risk factors that we see in privacy, how well they rank there as well. And hopefully use those rankings to fix their sites and mitigate that risk. So Ian, how does Locker quantify the risk in using these tools? So we we quantify web privacy risk by looking at the factors that can harm a company and their customers. And we show the score in context to the S&P 500, both in terms of the total score and each of the seven score factors, the seven risk factors. And then last but not least, we take that score and we carry it all the way down to a page level. So a company can see their risk across all of their websites. They can also see their risk for a specific website in comparison, again, to the S&P 500. And they can see the risk all the way down to a page level. And the reason we did that is to give companies the details they need to make their sites safer, not just estimate the risk. And we modeled this after existing issues that we're seeing. And nine months from now, six months from now, we'll look back and do a regression analysis and make the model more predictive. So Ian, based on you know the scans that you've done, working with different websites, what are some of the more disturbing kinds of information you've, that you've seen either collected or being transmitted that these website owners might not be aware of, or they should be more aware of the risks that that activity poses? And is that disturbing sort of activity common or is there like, you know, is that sort of the outlier, you know, the most disturbing things are, you know, unusual, but there is sort of a base level of things that are still somewhat questionable. I think the most disturbing things uh, that everyone can understand at a visceral level quickly is when you're on a medical website and you're typing in a symptom for a family member or yourself, and um, you're researching those symptoms and those conditions and contraindicated medications, and that's all getting shared uh, with trackers, social media or otherwise. And realize once something is shared with a tracker, it's shared with many other trackers downstream of that. And I think people just you know find that understandably really scary. The other kinds of things we're seeing that I, I think are, are really scary as well, when those medical conditions have to do with state laws, so certainly given what's happening with the Dobbs decision, people are very worried about that. Aside from that, we see a lot going on around HR. So anybody who's gathering information from potential employees or current employees, they're going to be very concerned that when they're asking people, you know, their sex, their religion, their anything about their background, that that information is kept very secret, as it should be. And it sounds ridiculous that you even have to say, of course, that should be private. But you really, we do see cases where it's not. So Ian, are there safe ways that entities can use these trackers that would sort of eliminate some of these risks that you were just speaking about? There are certainly ways they can do that. I mean, modern websites run off of third-party software. So I just want to reemphasize that modern sites run off of third-party software. And other than the largest companies that build all of their own software like Google, the rest of us have to go and plug in tools, uh, analytics tools, tools that power the forms on our site, site building tools, all the stuff you, you uh, use now to build your website. And there are good ways to use these tools. It's just really hard. And the reason why it's so hard is because each one of these tools uses other tools. So if you look at this visually, what you'll see is that I might be using something that, that is a perfectly 
reasonable tool that gathers analytics from my website. And that tool is sharing data with other tools, not because they're bad people or they intend harm, just because they needed another service to make their software run. And that piece of software might be using yet another service. So that's how you get this daisy chain or geometric expansion of sharing. So there are some best practices, but really, I think what I really want to promote here is going back to basics, getting your website in order requires you to not just look at what's wrong. You've got to start from the other side of the equation and figure out what you actually need. Taking a reactive approach to this is getting companies in in, in trouble. As soon as you think you've patched one thing, there's another rolling or another lawsuit. And, you know, in the case of the Video Privacy Protection Act, they resurrected a lot from the 80s. And by the way, these are serious issues for people. I'm just saying, if you're the company and you're trying to protect your customers, your reputation and your website, you need to start with what you actually need. We are coming out of an era where the idea that you should gather all the data you possibly can is proving to be very dangerous. And I, I think that you just have to take the opposite approach and figure out exactly what you need in terms of these third parties and exactly what data you actually need to track. And most importantly, what data do you actually need to store? Well, thank you very much, Ian. I've been speaking to Ian Cohen, and I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.